in the midst of some soul searching, I have recognized and realized that a lot of things that I've learned over the years, a lot of things that have been said to me over the years, have become sort of a motto, a way of getting by, if you will. But is that the proper way I should think about it? Is it the proper way we should think about it? Welcome to episode five, the oversimplification of a few truths. Welcome to the Complicatedly Misunderstood Podcast. let me begin by starting with some apologies <laughs> for my tardiness. I have been putting a lot of effort and energy into my other podcast, The Amble Show. See, that's the one that I do with my brothers. You know, they're friends, but they become brothers. Um, and we talk Colts football, right? And so this last couple weeks have been pretty jam-packed because we had the NFL Combine. We had a lot of meetings that we were able to make happen doing that combine and some really good stuff is potentially on the horizon for that show. <clears throat> so for my tardiness in my own podcast solo venture here on the CMP, I am very apologetic, but the time was definitely worth it that I was away. If, uh, if you guys are going to stick with me, I apologize, but it was worth it. Um, I had some pretty good interviews I don't know if you know who Peter King is, but was able to interview him on our last show. So things like that were just happening, and so that's why I'm a little tardy here. But let's just jump right into our show. Now, I know I need to pace myself. We keep talking about this. This is only episode five. But I'm going to learn to pace myself before I jump into the show. And, you know, I've done some things over the past on other shows that I've I've hosted, and I've liked it, then I haven't liked it. So I still haven't really got to where I want to be as far as how we work ourselves into the show. Um, but we're definitely going to always st start with T's and P's. And so this week, I just want to say thank you um, to my boy, Pat. Um, Pat is my co-host over on the uh, Anvil show. Just his legwork, the connections that he's able to make, the things that he cooks up, and then the places that he's able to take us on that show just got to thank him so I appreciate you he also get a praise because he is fearless <laughs> um and so I'm gonna shout him out for being for being fearless as well as praise all of the powerful people that I know in my life right now so many people doing amazing things and taking their lives and journeys to the next step so I just want to give praises to a lot of folks that are doing some powerful stuff right now but I have been traveling as well Okay, so going back and forth, um, you know, I've been to Arizona over the last few weeks. I've been to Indy, as I mentioned, um, already talked about going down to Mobile 
And so on two of those trips, um, I was <laughs> in my second home, the airport. Um, and if you've listened to previous shows, the complicatedly misunderstood hour, which only had like thir- 13 episodes, which is what it was still under the seal and the doctor uh, umbrella. But that's when I first started my own little solo po- podcast. So go ahead and um, listen to those reflective uh, podcasts that I did back there. But I had a few that were <laughs> pretty funny. And on one of them, can't remember which, which episode it was, I talked about airport etiquette. And I talked about what we see in the airport as well as what we see on airplanes because people get on the wrong airliners and think that they are you know, a little bit higher than the rest of us who have bought um, very basic seats, you know, so we talked about stuff like that. But on this last trip, I seen some maniacal behavior, which is pretty wild because some real maniacal behavior has been happening on airplanes. There was someone who was threatening to stab somebody as well as open the emergency door. Um, I think there was a lady who went kind of bonkers on the plane for some reason, None of that is what I witnessed. (laughs) But what I did witness is because people are very much still afraid of COVID. They still wear their masks as they should. You know, I I don't think I'm consistent as I should be anymore, but I still wear my mask as well. But this is what made this maniacal. (laughs) Okay. I witnessed a lady eat a tuna creations package. While we were sitting in our airport area waiting on our our plane um, before boarding. So she grabbed her a quick snack. Nothing wrong with that, right? Whatever. So I just was happening to be reading and kind of looking, you know, I guess, I guess over my glasses. But you know how when you're reading something every so often, you pop your head up, kind of see what's going on, check your six, that type of thing. So I was doing that. And while I witnessed that. You know, she was eating her tuna pack, and it seemingly she was at the end of it. Well, what makes this maniacal is because she crushes her tuna pack, sips a bit of water, throws the tuna pack away, puts the mask right back on. Now, a lot of things are happening around us, but I noticed that, and I kind of looked to see if anybody else noticed that. Maybe I should have just been minding my own business, right? So whatever. But I'm sitting there thinking, like, wait a minute. Like, there's no gum, there's no breath mints. I mean, everybody's pretty much, you know, equal distance of each other, so we're pretty spread out. We're not, we don't have a six-foot rule going on, but there's no no reason to wear the mask because nobody was sitting next to her on either side, and there was few seats uh, as well. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, did this lady really just put her mask on after eating tuna without eating any kind of breath mint, any kind of gum or nothing and just she's just accepting what that smells like that's terrible i was like what jesus christ bro that's the worst shit i've ever seen in my life so now i'm thinking to myself lord whoever she says the first word to whenever that happens it's going to be destructive i mean absolutely destructive so, yeah, that's funny to me. Maybe you didn't get a, a kick out of that. But just imagine somebody eating a tuna pack or sardines or anything like that, doing nothing for their breath, put a mask on, and then ride on an airplane for two or three hours. Now, luckily, she wasn't sitting next to me, okay, because that would have been pretty wild. Uh, I don't know if I could have handled that, <laughs> honestly. But whoever she spoke to, 
in those first words, they were probably floored um, and not in a good way. Now, something else that I would see that was pretty maniacal. All right. So on the airplane um, headed to Indy, so, you know, it's not a it's not a party spot of any sort. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to Indy. So there's <laughs> there's a person that is on the airplane and they are drinking margaritas. Bloody Marys, and then they have some sort of tea, and then they have some sort of banana milkshake. So, what makes this slightly maniacal? Because <laughs> I'm sitting there again. Now, this person is in eye, see, they're in eye shot of me. So, like, I'm sitting, like, I guess the seat behind them, but in a a catacorner way so I can see right onto um, their little tray table and I always get an aisle seat so I'm sitting there thinking like this person has four drinks <laughs> right four independent drinks a Bloody Mary a margarita some sort of tea and like a milkshake and I'm like how do you know <laughs> which one you want <laughs> so Again, right, I can't get comfortable on the plane. I'm not sleepy. Um, I don't feel like reading. I don't want to be on my electronics, anything like that. So at this moment, you know how you're just doing that silly stare into Neverland, I guess? Like, okay, where well, I'm going to eventually get there, right? I'm, I'm doing that. And I happen to notice this because, you know, the lady just came by asking for drinks. So I got a ginger ale or something like that. But this, lip, <laughs> this person had four drinks. So the two they brought on the, on the plane themselves, the milkshake-looking thing, the tea looking thing and then they ordered two different types of alcohol and you know a tray table is only so wide so they make their drinks they give the stuff back to the lady so they don't have the extra cans and stuff on there but i'm sitting there thinking like how do you know which one you want (laughs) like if i have four drinks in front of me am i just like oh i want a little milkshake no maybe i want a little tea i'm gonna sip a little of this margarita that bloody mary's nice maniacal behavior didn't know what was going on thought it was hilarious but the things that you see and witness in airports and airplanes i mean in in a lot of ways over all my travels i could probably document what i see and come up with a whole different podcast for that and it would be funny it would just be maybe 10 15 minutes each time with just the craziest shit i've seen on the last travel but that's neither here or there. I'm not going to do that. I know I've already opened too many podcast doors. Let's just remain consistent. So for now, we just got two. The CMP and the Anvil Show. But I found those two situations to be somewhat maniacal. Anywho, anyway, as I mentioned in the intro, this is the oversimplification of a few truths. And what do I mean by that? Okay, let's just get straight to the point. We are taught from the time we're knee high, hard work will always give us benefits. You know, a good life, a home, a family, you name it, you know. But I want to talk about hard work. Just the term hard work. A, I think it's overused, right? And then I think it's very, very oversimplified you know it's like oh just work hard and everything's gonna fix itself well here's the deal (laughs) think about this in your own personal journey 
we have all used that term hard work in something. Sports, our current lives as far as our jobs, college, somewhere, we have used that. And we've probably benefited from that term, okay? Got a good job, nice home, finished that college degree, started a business, you name it. Okay. And I would also say, and this is not to take away from the show that I did about you're not late, but I did mention in that show some things, maybe all things that you see or hear are not for you. So you have to find what's for you. And this is not an episode preaching being lazy because we're going to talk about a, a few other terms I feel like are overly simplified. But let's just stay on hard work for right now. What is <laughs> that benefit versus what is that sacrifice? See, we're taught from the first time you get a job. I got my first job at 14 and a half, almost 15 years old. That you're going to work for X amount of years, pay your taxes, do all that good stuff. And then one day you will retire. And once you retire, that's when life starts. But in between starting that first job and retiring, tons of hard work has happened. Because we have had to work hard at everything. Okay. Now, the sacrifice. Time, energy, effort, you name it. Throw anything else into that pot. Anything else you want to add to that recipe. The benefits, as we mentioned before. House, car, job, family. Maybe a little money. When is there ever balance? What is the balance of that truth that hard work will bring you things? What is that balance look like? Is there balance to it? How many people nowadays, and this is not a knock in mental health because I am also a part of that community, but how many people are in mental health and one of the reasons for being in mental health is not having balance in her life, not having an ability to scale back, dial back, take time for themselves, enjoy their spoils, as people say. We are shifted to the mindset that hard work cures all. Some people say, you know, I don't even deal with life problems. I'll just bury myself in work. Hard work then gets, you know, Relegated to another lane, like, oh, you got to put the hard work in the gym, right? That's another area of people's lives where hard work is a huge term used. Again, we're not pushing laziness on this show. But where's the peace in hard work? I think it's very easy to say. We teach our kids that. From the first time they step on any kind of sports, you know, environment, step into any kind of sports environment, Basketball, football, you name it. We start talking hard work. We start talking hard work, you know, once we want to better ourselves. Like, oh, you just got to work harder. Like, I'm in the entry level. I just got to work my ass off and move up, blah, 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 blah. But I think it starts to defeat us at some point in our life. But because it's been instilled in us, we don't know how to combat it. And then we're stressed out. And the spoils really aren't there. I'm not rich by any means. But I would like to think that I'm not poor or broke or, a, or any of those terms as well. 
But at the end of the day, I don't think there's a, satis- a satisfaction I would get from looking into my bank account and seeing what I see or seeing much more than what I see. I think that that hard work usually translates to money, right? Like, and then with money, life is better. But in all actuality, you're actually working harder, right? Sticking with the term because now you make more, you got to do more. You are, you're in charge of more. You're constantly moving up, which is constantly giving you more responsibility, which is now giving you more pay. So again, that balance moves further and further and further away. Not taking a shot at anybody who struggled with keeping families together. I've been divorced as well, part of that community. But you think about a lot of these things that we may not know the insides outs, the insides or outs of. But look at all these high-profile marriages that go kaput. Then you think about some of these gigantic splits where all we end up hearing at the end is what the money split is. Oh, my gosh, she got what? You think about Dr. Dre. You can think about uh, who split from their wife, uh, Amazon, Bezos. His wife is now, I think, the richest woman in the world based off of that split. So on and so forth. And it's like, did hard work or his input or their inputs into what they do in life contribute to the separation or dissolving of their family? My money would bet yes. I'm sure there's other things that go into, go into that as well. But it's hard to have balance when you're constantly focused on hard work. Going back to 50 Cent's book, I learned a lot in that book. But I also learned a lot about what I may not have the energy for. That's the key. Knowing what you have the energy for. One example I'd like to use, and I don't know if we constantly keep things in the lane they should be, but when we get a mentor sticking with hard work and we've seen their success, not necessarily arm by arm, side by side type thing, you know, but we've seen their success in some way, shape, or form, whether that's, you know, a biography that they, that, they, that they have written or, you know, their personal story just because I got to know them, I work with them, whatever, that type of thing. And immediately, their greatest accomplishments, I think, I'm not paying a broad brush, but their greatest accomplishments, accomplishments become our goals, right? So I'll stick with one lane and kind of build uh, a story behind it or, or kind of build build it up. So real estate. Let's say you meet a real estate mentor. And maybe you go to a seminar. Maybe you just know somebody who's done it, you know, and you've kind of been looking over the shoulder and now you want to know more. Well, what you see and hear that day is where they are now. So this person will make them a mogul. They have 200 properties. Now I'll ask you, did you almost immediately set yourself to the goal of having 200 properties versus the goal of being a realtor or, I'm sorry, uh, a real estate investor? Some may say a little bit of both has happened, but I guarantee you, if this person's story was not a success story and it was more so about the loss than any gain, and right now they're just getting by, probably wouldn't be your mentor. But because that person can leave with, you know, I now own 200 properties and, you know, I'm wealthy beyond beyond my own freaking know-how and, not know-how, but beyond my own freaking wit, 
in like I can't believe I'm this rich type situation um but it's come through hard work and if you follow me and you listen to my journey and believe in me I'll believe in you and we can get you here too but somewhere somehow you connected 200 properties with that being your new goal I can almost promise you it's almost like a subconscious thing had happened why is that important because now you have went away in my opinion of the true goal of just becoming a real estate investor and knowing as much as you can. Instead, you you want 200 properties and you wish it could be overnight. You know that's not feasible. But what is that timetable? Okay, back to the story. Maybe this person's been in for 10, 15 years. So younger people might give themselves a bigger window, but an older person like, well, I don't have 10 to 15 years. I need to almost cut that in half, if not even more than that. And now it's a race against time. It's a race for a gigantic (laughs) portfolio. And it's not to pursue real estate investing. Why did I tell that quick little tale? Because I feel like that's what hard work does from the jump. We're given a situation or we're given a scenario or we're given some type of viewpoint where hard work sums up the answer. What's not also in that equation that very people probably tell the truth about is there's some huge amount of luck. There's some huge amount of opportunity as far as being in the right place at the right time, networking, um, you name it. You can throw in a whole bunch of different variables. But hard work seems to work easiest, and it sums it all up. And it makes you feel as if that is an attainable goal for me because all I have to do is apply myself and work hard. But will the joy and the satisfaction be there? Will the balance in your life be there? Have you thought about the sacrifice that it's going to take to get there that could almost make the rest of your life nearly impossible? The other things you may want, family, kids, uh, healthy relationships, um, travel vacations that are not filled with work like escaping um the spoils of having nice materialistic things without being maybe famous because we already know i think as kids we always want to be famous sports entertainment you name it but as we get older we get wiser and we hear these people's stories we realize like a lot of their lives they don't control there's somebody for everything in their life and a lot of a lot of times they can't just get up and say hey i'm gonna go here today because that's going to cause an event <laughs> and people won't be able to be normal around this superstar while they're at said place. So do I got to buy it out today? You know, that type of thing. Like there's a lot of things that people don't consider, but we're kids and we're young. And we don't know. You don't know what you don't know until you know. So I say all that to say, I think that we, we have too much filtered into us that can then be summed up as hard work will get us there without actually having the other side of the equation to balance from a young age. Because choices and decisions, I think, will be a lot different. Because a lot of people just want to be at peace. And nowadays, I feel as if that's very hard to get to. Now, looking at a different generation, looking at my grandparents' generation, I'm sure they fucking went through all kinds of stresses as younger people. Because that was just them fighting for the right to be seen as equal. Right, so that's not even a a, a lane I'm going to dive into 
because we still deal with that, but not to their level. But at the ends of their lives, I feel as if they were at peace. I don't know what their finances look like. I don't know a lot of things. It wasn't my business, but they just seemed at peace. But there's people nowadays that are my age. I was once in this freaking equation, again, that are not even at peace now because too much is going on. You know, the life plan that they may have had is maybe not going the way they want it to, but they just keep working hard because that's what's instilled in them and everything around them is crumbling. An oversimplification of a truth. You work hard, good things usually come. Cool. But what else comes with that? Again, not to keep mentioning it, but sacrifice, right? Another one that we could talk about. And and this is one that kind of runs me rubs me the wrong way. Okay. Consistency creates complacency. Now, we live in an elevator scale community here in America. You're always going up and down. Can't never stay on the same floor. Because if you're consistent in what you do, it's like you're limiting yourself. You're not maximizing your potential. You're not even thinking about what what could be more. You're just comfortable with being right here. I'm not going to lie. That used to bother me too. Me and my significant other, <laughs> we struggled when we were young in the game together because she was just like, I'm comfortable. That's another C. It's like the three C's. Complacency, consistency, comfortability. And I had no idea how to define comfortable. So when she tried to define it, to me, it was not enough. Whatever she said about being comfortable was not enough. But it was me not understanding her journey, her life, what she had to see and where she was and understanding that, you know, I might have it a lot better than I had growing up. And for right now, I'm comfortable. I don't know what's next for me because I didn't even think I could make it to where I am now. That's a lot of people's stories. I think in some way, shape, or form, I was there too. I knew didn't know what it was to own a house because we didn't do that growing up. You rented apartments and things like that. So, you know, you just don't know what you don't know until you know. But that whole, you know, consistency makes you complacent. Though it is a truth. I think that that one is is devalued way more <laughs> than it should be. It's almost as saying that satisfaction in what life is giving you is not enough. It's almost as saying that, you know, yeah, I'm grateful, but what else is there for me? I mean, look, again, we're not breeding laziness here. But I feel like there's a lot of pressure that people put on themselves in ways that they can't recover from, in ways they may not even acknowledge for years upon years because they don't know where they are going. They don't know what they should be doing. And what they feel like makes them happy at the moment is looked at as mediocrity. We say some really difficult things as well. That are very truthful. All right. One instance might be, well, somebody's got to work at McDonald's. <laughs> somebody's got to drop the fries. And I bring that up because at some point in time, when that was somebody's first job, hopefully, 
maybe it wasn't, maybe it's second, third, fourth, you name it, whatever. You want them to do that job with a smile on their face because you're the customer at the window waiting for the hot fries. But see, we downplay it and devalue it and make it almost as if it's beneath somebody. But somebody's doing it with a smile on their face. At least that's what we want or what we hope. Because if it's not and you get not so good fries, you're going to act a donkey and you're going to say, well, if you don't want a job, you shouldn't have signed up to have a job and all this other shit, blah, 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 blah. But staying on task here is at that moment, that person might just be being consistent in what their life has given them. And we're going to call them complacent. That's not fair because people have worked their ways from fries to manager to franchiser. So how do we know what their path is? We fucking don't. (laughs) But we oversimplify some truths that make people feel as if hard work is the way and being comfortable and consistent is complacent. And that's bad. I mean, the list goes on and on of all these other oversimplifications of some truths. And I think that we don't really realize what we're saying. And words have power. And I think that we're very mindful when we're talking to people that we care about. And I'm going to say that loosely, but I'm going to say it directly. So when we're talking to our kids, a family member, whatever, I think that we start to give exceptions to policy. <laughs> but when we're just having general conversation with people that, you know, might be coworkers or we're not really heavily invested in, then we just pop off, right? And we say whatever we feel at that moment. You know, it is what it is. But I mean, I think that you have to really put it all into the same conversation and kind of just start to take a step, take a breath, take time to a decision make on levels that are going to affect to affect the on levels that will affect you in the future versus impulse statements impulse decisions because a lot of what happens we see something we want something we hear something we do something and i think those things get us in trouble now we talked about, you know, other things. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, we talked about, you know, hard work. We talked about, you know, what it, what it is to be complacent. But I feel like what we don't think about is you don't have to allow yourself to live in this box. But I think that we feel we're missing out on life if we remove ourselves from this box so people might say something like this another overly simplified truth disconnect and you will detach so disconnect mean put your phone down leave facebook leave instagram leave tiktok stop watching the news you name it and then you should start to detach and feel a little bit more at peace and be able to have a more free thinking mind and create your own situations versus being told what to do in said situations. But then what happens? The pressures of not knowing because we feel like all knowledge comes from these devices now 
puts us in this space of, oh my goodness, I'm so out of sorts. I'm so not in the know. I don't really understand much if people are not talking about things <laughs> because we've become lazy and we depend on people to direct our paths. And that's where I'm going, starting way back with hard work. We allow people to direct our paths. Some might say, well, what are you supposed to say if it's not hard work? It's not just a play on words. It's not just a concept. I mean, like I said, it's the truth. Hard work generally will give you good outcomes. But we have not talked about what comes with that sacrifice. People might just say, oh, well, you know, there, there will be sacrifices. Fill in the blank. But we don't educate ourselves enough to really be honest with that. Right. Like I, I would rather people find and we say passions, but passions can be difficult too. might take you a long time to find your passion. I'm not even sure if I found mine. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I'm 40 years old. So that could be a hard pressed issue as well. But I really would think if people did not care so much about statuses, economic uh, social statuses, you name it, just statuses in general. It would help you come to grips with who you are as a person and what you want to put into what it is you're going to become as a person. I mean, I get it. Class systems and stuff like that will always be the way, right? It's just the way of the world. But in that, a lot of people don't have value in who they are. It's almost as if they dehumanize themselves sometimes. Like, oh, well, I'm lesser than this person. No, that's still a human being too. Yeah, they, they make more money than you. Sure, they're wealthier. They have a higher you know profile than you. But you're still very much a human being. I mean, you both speak English, right? And if you don't speak English, you both know how to communicate. And so, therefore, we can bridge the gaps of, of the words we don't understand. I say that to say because in knowing that and being able to see someone and not already put yourself in the parentheses that are absolute value because <laughs> I think that's what people do they're like, oh man I don't measure up oh man I'm not I'm not this oh man that's such and such it's okay to have a moment of 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 being starstruck of being like oh my goodness that's wow like cool but at the same token you still have to ground yourself that I can be happy for who that person is I can be truthful with who I am and what they are, and it has nothing to do with them being better than me. Now, I go back to that social status thing that we were just talking about and disconnecting and disengaging. People are more in tune with other people's lives. They're more in tune with what somebody else wants or what somebody else is going through than focusing on their own in the same arenas. And that's mind-blowing to me because you then play right into why you devalue yourself or why you don't feel that you measure up and why do you feel that your life's not shit but somebody else's life is great, though you don't know what their real problems are, on and on and on. I just want us as people to, to just be happy. I'm at 20 years in the military, and the military has done a lot of great things for me. As far as showing me the world and giving me opportunities and you name it. But what it's also done 
is exposed me to more people than I probably, and I'm I'm going to say this and mean it. It's exposed me to more people, more personalities, and more conversations that I probably may have ever had as civilian myself. Don't know, I'm probably limiting myself, I know. But I'm just saying, like, I can't even tell you how many people I know. It's not about who's on my Facebook or anything like that, but just how many people I've encountered, had to work with, had to manage personalities, how to, had to embed my personality into an already, you know, large community of folks. You name it. I just learned a lot about the human element by being in the military. And there's so many people that want so much more and have no idea what they have. And I used to be very much a part of that conversation. And it's just because I felt like I never was measuring up to whomever. And imagine doing that two, three, four, five, six times over. I mean, you might meet 10 people in one day and you'd be like, man, all them people are better than me in some way, shape, or form. And you just never have a solid ground. And I'm telling you, going back to something that's overly simplified, but now I'm a glorified. If you take the time to detach, disconnect and detach, I should say, you may be blown away with how you can find yourself at ground zero and hoping to strategize a way to bring yourself back to who it is you want to be. We are way too many people. (laughs) We are way too many people. And I'm not talking about the people that we are, you know, demanded to be based on our life, whether that's a husband, whether that's a wife, whether that's a parent, a grandparent, you know, whatever. Like, I get those things have to happen. But we're way too many people. I'm a little bit of, you know, Steve Jobs. I'm a little bit of 50 Cent. I'm a little bit of Beyonce. I'm a little, like, I think if we all broke it down, we have idolized someone. Or you don't even have to go that that far with it. But you have seen someone in an image that you want to one day achieve. And you've learned what they've done to get to where you want to be. Very normal. But then in some ways, we may have taken it a step further, a little bit too far, where we've felt that their blueprint is the only way. That's me going back to the real estate investor who had 200 properties, and I forgot that I came to the seminar to learn how to be a real estate investor, but now I want to be that person specifically because that person is success. And that is what I look at when I see success in this realm so that's what I'm going to follow not knowing if I'm even designed for that not knowing if I'm ready for the sacrifice not understanding that hard work is just a term that I've always known so now I'll just shift that focus from having my nine to five hard work to this new real estate hard work and it should all work out fine for me because I'm tired of being comfortable complacent and consistent and because I don't detach (laughs) you're right Um, I don't know how to disconnect. So if I move from this lane, 
to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. I'll just continuously work hard and I'll never, ever get consistent because I don't want to be complacent. Now, consistency is good in the beginning. Of course, we know that. But then it makes you complacent and you don't go anywhere. And this is all the stress that we keep throwing into the fire. And again, it's more than that. Hard work equals great things, but hard work also costs you great things. And if we know that, then how much work do we want to put into this? And how do we want to have that shape our lives? That's a better question. Some of these terms shape our lives. And then we're never happy. And I don't know if a lot of people are doing that type of regeneration, circulation of the process. I don't know how many people are just walking through the door and walking through the next door and walking through the next door, walking through the next door, and they never reset, as we talked about before. They never reset. They never find that common ground. They never find that, okay, this is life. This is life for me. This is good. This is where I want to be. This is, this is, this is all right. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the job I have. You know, my family is prospering. I'm solid. You know, upper upper manner upper management, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> upper management or whatever that could be right around the corner. And it could be for me. And people are telling me that's probably what I could do and be great at. It's not something that I'm grounded in as my next step. See, that's real reflection. Because it's okay if you say no. And I'm going to tell you, I'm learning this shit the hard way. I put myself in a position to let go of the military. And I should be Mr. Oliver come 1 May 2023. But I made rank. And I made rank with time still on my clock. So logically, it made sense to just accept the rank and then only have to do a little bit more time above it. And no harm, no foul. But now that I have to get back into the mindset that I'm still in the military for a decent amount of time, and I was in the mindset that I'm about to be out of the military in no time, the shit's been a struggle. And some things are happening at work that is making it a fucking struggle. And so, see, accepting that strike, though it came with some a lot of dignified, you know, measure, and I'm in... Uh, I won't call it elite, but I'm in, as we call it, the, the top two, the, the top three. Um, I'm sorry, the top 2%. That's senior mass sergeant, chiefs, top 1%. Top three is just when you make E7 and above. So I'm in two of the three. And that's, you know, it, it has a level of, you know, good to it. It has, it has a level of value to it. But I had always said this is not for me. And though my career put me in this trajectory and it was a difficult decision to make and ultimately I chose it, I don't know if I'm happy with what I chose. And I have to be honest with that. I can't go around and fake that. But hard work got me here, right? And so now I should receive the spoils, which is a bigger paycheck, more responsibility, uh, more more rank, more authority, you name it. But in the... In the grand scheme of things, this ain't nothing I want. 
honestly. But I said I do, and so here I am. That's kind of where I want to circle this to. Not using my story as a precautionary tale, but just giving you a real way to look at it. Because people can talk you into what's next, and they think they're doing right by you, and you feel that they're doing right by you, and they probably are. But at what point are you doing right by yourself? What conversations are you having with yourself? What decisions are you making solely? When are you ever listening to your inner voice? And I won't say when is enough enough because, boy, that's going to ruffle some feathers. But I will say, is there any point that it's okay to be satisfied? And, boy, that's something I don't think people talk about. Because either that always looks like a ton of money, a mountain of money that you're sitting on, or it looks like, you know, some huge accomplishment like your name on the side of a building or whatever. But it never looks like, yeah, man, I make $65,000 a year. Arbitrary number I'm throwing out. My family's happy. My kids are happy. I'm there for them. I don't miss football games and practices. I'm there to help with homework. I got a good friend connection going on. We have weekly, or I'm sorry, monthly poker games. I'm a fan of my football team. I get to watch them. Me and the wife are happy. Like, I mean, I can keep throwing things out there. But that person that I'm describing is satisfied. But is that person also going to be looked at as not reaching potentials? Because they're satisfied. I mean, I think that's a that's a hard conversation. It's probably its own podcast. But it starts with an oversimplification of a truth. And sometimes we have to dive into what that is and what it means specifically for that person. And yo, as you already know, it's complicated. But that's at its worst. I just don't think we take the time to sit here and figure things out for ourselves. And so, therefore, everybody else directs traffic. I've said that before. And so that's something I want you to think about. And so to the next one, this is your boy, CO. Y'all take care. Wow, 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 wow,